The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. That uh, telephone number again is 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander, Dr. Franklin Weefald in the studio. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Dennis Owens, Denny Owens of InShape Medical also here. Hi. Good morning. It's good to have you uh, on the show Great to be here. Tell me about InShape Medical. What can, what services do you offer? So at InShape Medical, we do a lot of hormone balancing. When people reach middle age and their hormones get out of balance, starts have, uh, causing all kinds of symptoms that they can get relief from. Yeah. That's a large thing that we do. We also do a lot of nutritional counseling and uh, medical weight loss. Um, we do some aesthetics, but that's really not the focus of the clinic. Um, it's really about trying to get people, especially as they're aging, to a better state of health and be proactive about their health at, at, through lifestyle changes and, and some interventions. I mean, if somebody came to you and said, you know, I, I go to a regular doctor, I, you know, I got an endocrinologist, I'm a diabetic and I'm, I need to lose weight and change my life. Are you a good place to go? Yeah, we help a lot of people in those situations. We absolutely do. Uh, Metabolic syndrome, I mean, it's just rampant in our society um, because of the lifestyle choices people make. So we help people turn around their health uh, in a lot of different ways. And a lot of it's nutrition-based, but there are other things as well, like I said, hormone balancing and other things. So if I wanted to go on a diet, I would go to you. Yes, absolutely. Um, if, if you want to lose weight quickly and safely, but mm-hmm. also make lifestyle changes, uh, there's a lot of uh, good recent research that says quick weight loss is good if it's coupled with uh, coaching to get lifestyle changes for the long term, because otherwise you're probably going to gain that weight back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I fear that because I've lost weight on what Dr. Weefald calls the no-no diet which is essentially well, It's interesting to because I had a chance to look at some of Denny's literature and materials, and there was something that you guys look at with these immune cells, but it's called insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so <laughs> here's the great thing. It says on the report, it says, if you have insulin resistance, these are the foods to avoid. Yeah, what were Sugar, they? white flour, white potatoes, white rice. Okay? Exactly. Which is yeah. the no-no diet. And, you know, it's funny because people say, why does he call it the no-no diet? Well, where, where I practice, it's, it's very important to be very specific, right? Mm-hmm. So what do people eat? Biscuits, yeah. white yeah. bread, buns, yeah. you know, uh, French fries, pizza. And these are all part of the no-no diet. And yeah, right. because what are they made out of? White flour and, you know, sugar. You know, Dr. we thought, I, can I have a Coca-Cola every five minutes? No. It's on the no-no diet. You know? <laughs> Denny, does this make sense? Is this it makes absolute sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and, you know, the, the thing is, is just like when I refer patients for procedures in Raleigh, you know, you don't want to tell the patient the statistics that were, you know, brought out in the European Medical Journal. You want to say, hey, I'm good at this, and there's only a very small chance anything bad's going to happen, and I'm going to make you feel better. Now, in Cary or... North Raleigh, that that is actually, you know, something that the patients will demand. 
I mean, do people walk into your office with an Internet printout saying, why aren't you doing this? They do sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, most of them come to us because they are frustrated. Uh, their their health is deteriorating. Yeah. They have uh, other issues. And they are looking for help and guidance. And um, so it does happen sometimes. And typically it's kind of like the engineer mind where they're oh, – <laughs> I have it. I have it happen every now and then. Well, listen. Let's let's cut to the chase. Tell us about some of the things that you talk about in terms of hormone replacement and micronutrition. Yeah. So with that, horm- that's what I found extremely interesting when I was looking over your stuff. Yeah, uh, hormone replacement. Uh, there are several effective methods for both men and women. Um, we do some creams for women, um, injections, testosterone injections for men. But um, by far, uh, most of our patients are using pellet therapy, and that's where yeah. Tiny so you get a, tell, tell us about that. So, so you know, l- let me just use me as a patient. Yeah. Okay, I was just feeling terrible about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was physician burnout. Well, yeah, <laughs> physician burnout. Okay. But I finally, you know, wised up and went to a doctor, and she is excellent. She got my testosterone level, and I should have been, what, about 400 for my age, 450? 135 hmm. is terrible. Well, then we figured out it was because of all the procedures I did, the cardiac procedures where you have to wear lead because, you know, you're blasting everybody with, with fluoroscopy, which is radiation. Yeah. And I started getting replacement. And I tell us about your story and, and how you got replacement and how you're doing. Yeah. Well, I've had uh, multiple health challenges over the years, and I've overcome all of them um, through different modalities. But in the beginning, it was about eight years ago, and I was suffering all kinds of symptoms. And um, come to find out, I had uh, what was driving that uh, was my very low testosterone. Mine wasn't much higher than yours. Mine was one fifty-two. Well, okay. My so, dad's <laughs> testosterone was higher yeah. than your dad's so, testosterone. But, uh, my, okay. point, my point is, we probably had similar <laughs> symptoms and and levels. I was in my mid fifties and. Um, uh, and so I started getting treatment. And I started feeling a lot better. I started exercising again. I lost a lot of weight, and I started on a path that I'm, I'm continuing on now. People of how think, I, yeah, it's all about sexual function. It's no. exactly the opposite. It's about brain function. It's about muscle function. Absolutely. That, uh, did your gut shrink? Yes, yes. absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It does. I mean, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. middle age weight, check, David. Yeah. Okay. I had mine. My doctor says. Number one, my testosterone is well within acceptable limits. Number two, I'm just getting old. Okay. <laughs> okay. All those things that you thought were burnout yeah. and they turned out not to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was just It's, it's just burnout. burnout. It's age. <laughs> but yes. I've had, so wait a minute. Testosterone, increased testosterone makes your belly Yeah. Um, there's something about the metabolism yeah. that shrinks your belly fat because you're getting a tire um, that's what they call it, a spare tire. I've got like, I had about four spare tires, you know. Yeah, okay. And it it worked. And you slim down and your muscle strength gets better. Your brain starts to work better. I remember where my keys were. Uh, most of the time I remembered where my car was parked in the parking lot. But so who's the urologist that is there somebody you refer to to give to give the pellets and stuff? No, like we that? do them right in the clinic. It's an in-office procedure. Pelleting's been around since 1939. Yeah, but, but how, you're not an MD. No, 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 of course not. We have a, oh, we, have, we have a medical team. Yes, oh, we have okay. an MD. We have a nurse practitioner, physician assistant, awesome. RN, and yeah, medical yes. assistant. Sure. Dr. Robert Patterson, Patterson is right. the MD. 
And right. you've got several. Oh, yeah, he's a urologist. Yeah, right. No, there's no. He's a general practitioner. Okay, um, but he's uh, he, he's he's uh, decades in in uh-huh. uh, very well respected in uh, health uh, in in the triangle area. That's great. A graduate of UNC Med School. He's uh-huh. originally from Sanford, and he has a practice there now called Back to Basics. He's a, he's a very well respected doctor. His patients love him. Is a, a good practice there. Yeah, that is fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, so talk about. Let's go ahead and talk about you. You got the pellets put in. Yeah, I did. And, and I started feeling a lot better, started being more proactive with my health and, and getting a handle on my nutrition because it was horrible. Yeah, these uh, are like little BBs that excrete or let the testosterone yeah. go. And you put them in your thigh, right? The, no, actually, either the upper glute or the flank. Um, okay. They need to reside in that subcutaneous fat layer, and, and they form capillaries around them, and that, and that blood flow is what breaks them down over months. So they and last for months. The thing, the reason why I went to shots, I mean, the, I was rubbing the gel all over the place. And mm-hmm. it really wasn't doing it. I went to the shots because it's adjustable. You know, you can you can vary the timing and you can vary the dosage. What about the right. pellets? I mean, yeah. So that's a great question. Put, a, put one in, take one out. No, actually, um, that would be very very rare for you. Have you have to spank do that. yourself to get it out, or <laughs> no? There's actually we use a system called BioT. BioT is there's been uh, over a million pelletings done with the BioT system. Um, there are over three thousand anti aging dachshund clinics across the country that use it. It's a very mm-hmm. advanced system, especially for dosing and um, uh, you usually get the dosing pretty much spot on, but you can make adjustments in subsequent pelletings. And if it is off a little bit, it's not going to typically cause any kind of problem that's yeah. that's going to be significant at all. That's great. See, I you know I'm not versed in this the testosterone replacement that I use now because it worked for me is just shots. But mm-hmm. these pellet things, I mean, is yeah. it covered by insurance? Is it uh, no? Um, unfortunately, bioidentical hormone replacement. That's the other thing. It is bioidentical, meaning molecularly the structure is the same as what your body would produce naturally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, it's not covered by insurance typically. Um, and insurance sometimes can cover uh, the injections. Those are not bioidentical. They can, yeah, they, but uh, you know, they're really cheap. I mean, testosterone, yeah, ten bucks a vial. Yeah, you know, depot testosterone is very inexpensive. Right. There, there are some advantages to the pelleting. Um, you, you typically see less incidence of side effects and severity yeah. of, of side effects. It delivers a steady dose. Yeah, and that's the big difference. You know, yeah. The only thing that I would worry about is the initial dose. Well, talk about the other, the micronutrients that you do, and then the, the yeah. thing that really, that really intrigued me was the immune health. Thing. Right, and that's something I've been able to turn my immune function around from uh, about five years ago. I uh, so scored with an immune function. I was uh, in my 50s and uh, scored with immune function of the average person in their 90s. It's now uh, higher than the average person in their late 20s because of things I've done. But it's a great diagnostic tool. Yeah, what they do is they take your blood cells. And then they, they put them in a Petri dish and stimulate them. And then they can measure all sorts of functions of these T cells, they're called. Yes, yeah, so at a cellular are the, level. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that, that in your body fight infection. So exactly. What do you, if your T cells ain't working, I mean, what do you do? So I think um, the, the way you build your immune function is a multifaceted approach. I, I, I believe it's diet, an anti-inflammatory diet, which well, you've talked about, the, the no-no, sugar, right? Yeah. And the inflammation that you see with sugar and white flour exactly. is amazing. Yes, exactly. Um, it's uh, identifying if you have any micronutrient deficiencies, either borderline or functional deficiencies. Yeah, so talk about those. what some of these micronutrients are that you guys check. So they could be a, a, a variety of vitamins, antioxidants, amino acids, and so forth. Uh, to, this test, specific test I'm talking about, uh, you test for 31 different micronutrients, and then uh, you get uh, the result, r- report comes back, uh, are you sufficient 
functionally deficient or borderline deficient, and then you know uh, how to formulate a plan to replete those, to get and those is levels it mostly up. mostly supplements, or do you say change your diet, eat some broccoli, um, jump up and down 42 times with jumping jacks in a 42-degree you know, sauna or something like that? I think that's like what that. it is, probably. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's I mean, usually yeah. a combination of supplements and nutrition. So the, the, some, some of your functional deficiencies, you might need to replete those levels, get them up relatively quickly, which uh-huh. means you need supplements to do that. But in, over the long run, uh, we really believe that you want to try to use whole, ver- whole foods, very nutritious foods to maintain your micronutrients. But identifying what those deficiencies are is really important because people spend tons of money on supplements that they don't need. Oh, gosh. I'm glad he said that. Yeah, so well, let me ask you yeah. a question. You get this test. Do you ever sit down with a guy and say, guess what? You're fine. <laughs> I mean, has that ever happened? No. Oh, my God. Your cadmium is, is just perfect. The I best cadmium had, I've ever seen. I wish I had your lycopene levels, really, honestly. <laughs> oh, my God. I've, I've seen hundreds of these reports, and I I've, haven't I've, seen one yet that didn't have at least some borderline deficiencies. Okay. Um, I've seen some with as many as 15 different and, and was functional that guy, was deficiencies. That, was that guy on a McDonald's diet? Or? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, but very, very overweight, ate very poorly. How many times do you say, go out and have six T-bones tonight? I mean, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, if you got testosterone and you're doing some good strength training, that might be very beneficial to yeah. you. Yeah. But B12, you know? <laughs> Beat that very common deficiency, so as, as yeah. well as D3. And it is. It is a very yeah. common that I see in my routine practice. Well, this is – it's typical for this radio show. We didn't cover nearly what we thought we were going to cover in this interview. So guess what? What? We're going to have Denny back. That's a great idea. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to broadcast from Denny's. <laughs> and he's going to look at the menu and say, this is good, this is not good. I like it. Denny Owens of In Shape Medical, thank you. Thank you. All right. The, the uh, telephone number, actually, as you mentioned, the, web, uh, the website, inshapemed.com. In I'm going to take a med. stroll on over. Uh-huh. I, I'm very interested to know. All right. Love to have you. In Shape Medical, in Cary. He's a new friend of the program. Uh, We're going to continue on Heart Health Radio with our famous or infamous fake news segment, How Good Are Tomatoes? Apparently, they're pole. They'll they'll help you beat heart attack. You just got to eat them for breakfast, according to the article, which doesn't make any sense. And then a famous doctor is saying, don't eat breakfast. Don't eat breakfast. 919-860-9783 is our Telephone number, call right now. Hard Health Radio Network. You're a fraud, you're a fake, and you are lying through your teeth. You're irrelevant, malevolent, and weak. You're fake news. Fake news. This is the radio show where you can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. Heart Health Radio. Dr. Franklin, we fall from the fake news desk. Well, I'm really disappointed in Dr. Oz. Why? Because he's saying things now that have no scientific basis, and he's saying definitely don't eat breakfast. Wow. He says it's bad for you. He says if you eat breakfast, you can't exercise well, blah, 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 blah. Really? And, you know, people don't realize, I think, that Dr. Oz is one of the best cardiac surgeons in the world, okay, in New York City. Right. He was the, he is the, he still does it. 
You know, he does a show like seven shows on his Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. And so Mark Wahlberg, who was one of my favorite actors, said, okay. BS on you, Dr. Oz. So you know, you know what they're going to do? What? They have a contest. Mark Wahlberg is going to work out with breakfast. And Dr. Oz is going to work out without breakfast, and they're going to see who's the king. And I can tell you right now, Dr. Oz, have you ever seen Mark Wahlberg with his shirt off? I actually have, yes. Thank you. Yes. And have you ever seen Dr. Oz with his shirt off? No, thank you. No, I have not. So, if you want to eat breakfast, don't believe that Dr. Oz is right. There's no scientific evidence about whether eating breakfast or not eating breakfast is really good for you. And if you hear Dr. Oz say it, it's not necessarily true. Okay. Now, another thing I want to tell you is that people will come up all the time with superfood. Have you heard that term, superfood? Amen. Yes. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, is it what? You open up the package and it's got the Superman thing on the tomato or yes, something like does. that? Yeah. All right. Tomatoes are nice. They are really good. I think they're very tasty. I love them. I, yeah. You know, a tomato sandwich, I'll do that. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's an article by a woman named Snow Dijon. Now, come on. Is that really true? First name Snow? Yeah. Last name after a mustard? I don't believe it. And, <laughs> but Snow claims that you yeah. can reduce your risk of heart disease by eating tomatoes. Okay. Don't believe it, please. No? There's no evidence for it. There's... I mean, you're going to eat a tomato, eat it because it's good for you. It's got lycopene in it. Okay. It's got all sorts of nutrients in it. But don't think when you eat that tomato that you don't need to take your beta blocker. Right. You know, your medicine. You don't, oh, I I don't need my statin anymore. I'm eating tomatoes. Yeah. And I want people to just take all this stuff and file it away in the fake news category. Now, if I'm eating tomatoes instead of... Something that's bad for me, and that's what I'm. That's, that's what these thing. stories do. Yeah, they say, "Well, Doc, well, I, I just saw Snow Dijon told me to eat tomatoes, and I don't have to take my uh, statin anymore." Right, but if I'm eating tomatoes instead of I don't know a pa- pancakes, I'm probably doing myself a good big favor. Big but, favor. But, okay, yes. but that doesn't mean that tomatoes, in and of themselves, right. are going to be sufficient. Or helpful to be, I mean, sufficient to reduce your risk of heart disease. It's almost as if I'm supposed to eat some sort of balanced diet, eliminating some of the foods that are bad for me. Yeah, just remember the enemy of health and weight is white sugar, I mean, sugar and brown sugar too, white flour, sugar, the innards of white potatoes and white rice because they're going to increase the inflammatory components of your immune system which are going to eat away at your body they're going to be stored as fat all those simple sugars you're not going to be able to use them all and that's what makes fat i've got two things Mm -hmm. the no-no diet and fat doesn't make you fat Mm -hmm. fat is good so eating something like a steak or even what sausage? Well, sausage has got some problems with okay. high sodium. All right, same because thing with bacon. A, yeah, if you want a piece of bacon, you know, go ahead. Don't have twenty pieces of bacon, but yeah. don't feel like you're chewing on this great thing. And you're, have you ever heard that term? I can feel my arteries closing. Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, yes. No, I mean the, the the only problem with bacon is going to be the salt. If you have high blood pressure, it's going to drive your blood pressure up. Okay. And there may be some evidence that the nitrates that are used to cure it are not good for you. But you want to have that steak? Have it. Yeah. Eat it. All right. It's good for you. 
Let's go to the uh, the flu report. Yeah, it's been a tough season. The flu so report far. is here. There's two things I want to talk about. Yeah. Number one, influenza A versus influenza B. We usually worry about influenza A, the H1N1. That's a really bad one. Well, it's covered by the flu vaccine, but they usually only hit one influenza B. Okay, mm-hmm. they're very similar viruses. They just have different proteins on the outside that we can use to target the immune system. Mm-hmm. Anyway, influenza B Victoria, that's a big one this year. Okay. And it's surprising. And usually influenza B is not as bad for you as influenza A. You're going to see all these articles about young, beautiful women and young, beautiful men dying of influenza B. Now, it's rare. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your flu shot, it's going to be riskier. There's a, a very, very bad story. Uh, 16-year-old Kaylee Roberts, she was doing well. She hadn't had her flu shot. Um, she started to feel achy, mm-hmm. a little fever. She sort of toughed it out for three days, finally couldn't breathe, was coughing, went to the emergency room, lungs filled with fluid because of the body's hyperreaction with inflammation against the flu virus. That's the problem with the flu virus. It will trigger our immune system to overreact. And the lungs fill up with fluid. And there have been several patients have been told, their families have been told, there's nothing we can do, the lungs aren't working. One of the things that I want to make clear is that there's always, in that situation, another chance, and that's called ECMO, extracorporeal oxygen membrane. Okay, ECMO, what it does... It's like a heart-lung bypass machine. And you take the blood out of the body, you put it through the bypass machine, it gets oxygenated, put it back in. Who has it? Duke, UNC. So if you have a really bad flu, knock on those emergency room doors. Or if you're in a hospital where they tell you the lungs are so bad, your daughter is going to die, ask them, can I get to a facility with ECMO? Now, it doesn't guarantee... No, no, no. In fact, you know, it's going to be still tough, but it can save a life. We'll talk more about your health, especially with your phone calls next. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. And many thanks to Denny Owens of InShape Medical for being here on the first segment of the show. If you missed it, you can hear Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts. Or go to WPTF.com and look for the button marked Podcasts. Podcasts. And uh, we link it also on HeartHealthRadio.com. We're going to jump into something now. Uh, The telephone number is 919-860-9783. This really is the intersection of, I don't know, ethics, politics, and medicine. I think all three. Um you may have seen the – it was a very big article. A uh, three-year-old cancer patient uh, – sorry, 13-year-old cancer patient, Kylie Dixon, developed liver cancer. And mm-hmm. her mother had religious medical objections to doing surgery. The physicians alerted the powers that be in, in the government. Yeah. And they took the child away, put her in foster care, and did surgery on her against the mother's will. Yeah. So I've had this situation before. I had a a 12-year-old, no, 13-year-old Amish child when I was practicing in Indiana Mm -hmm. and needed a heart transplant. 
and the Amish have a religious objection to doing these types of surgeries because of the limited amount of money that they feel they need to commit to their family. I had a terrible, terrible wrenching night what to do. Went to the judge, took the kid into foster care. He therefore was paid for by Medicaid. Yeah. Went, flew him to Indiana University in, in Indianapolis, had a heart transplant. Yeah. Was put back in the family, and rightly so, because the parents understood. And she even got a cell phone, the mom. Really? The bishop let her have a cell phone. Wow. Because they needed a call. And they invited me to um, a feast celebration, and I went. And I had bought him a bicycle when he was still in intensive care. Oh, my. And he was riding the bike. Was he really? He was riding the bike. He had never ridden a bike. He couldn't get out of the chair. And so I've had firsthand experience with this. And the, the, you know, the concept is the kid can't make a decision. They're not old enough. They're yes. not mature enough. The mom says no. The government says this surgery will save this kid's life. Yes. We're mandating that you do it. If you don't do it, we're going to take your kid away. Now, I absolutely think there's two sides to this story and two opinions. So Mm -hmm. if there is a listener or listeners out there who have a strong opinion one way or another, Mm -hmm. um, call in. I'd like to hear from you. If you disagree with me uh, and what I did, I am not going to say you're a bad person because I think there are really good ethical arguments on both sides. I'd like to hear. Now, this also goes into the story in New Jersey, yeah. which really made me upset. Okay. Is that they were going to mandate vaccines. And we've all talked about on this show about how there are outbreaks of illnesses due to partially unvaccinated populations. Yes. And vaccines are never 100% accurate so the, or effective. And you get these people with measles who have not had their shots. They can infect the entire population. So New Jersey was going to say, uh-uh, you got to get it. And no religious exemptions and no uh, thought police exemptions. And what happened? What? The thought police and the anti-vaxxers and the religious zealots scared all of or enough of the representatives in the state house, and they canned the bill. They were going to end the religious exemption with and, the bill. And the personal exemption. And believing the personal that exemption. you're an anti-vaxxer and vaccines kill you and stuff like that. And that bill never got farther than a bill. It got axed. Right. And so, you know, this is the this is politics. This is America. Um, this is how we get things done, is mm-hmm. that the squeaky wheel gets all the grease and the money. Mm-hmm. And so there are a bunch of squeaky wheels screaming and yelling. Um, you're kill- You're going to kill my kid if you make him get a vaccine. You can't do this. And, and they use freedom of religion mm-hmm. to say that it's against my religious principles. And I would say this. Tough toenails. Oh, boy. Because we've got documented medical issues here. And your religion can't be used to hurt my child. And what is the risk to the rest of the population to an unvaccinated po- okay. from an unvaccinated right. population? Okay, so here's the flu. Okay, the flu vaccine is not 100 percent accurate. There are very rare instances of bad reactions to the flu vaccine. Yeah, but the more people who get the flu vaccine, the less chance of anybody getting the flu. 
Yeah. Because of what we call herd immunity. They talk about herds being cows and sheep, mm-hmm. you know, herds of animals. Well, the herd immunity concept is that 80% of the herd is immune. Yeah. Therefore, there's less of a chance of a virus spreading among the herd that's going to cause those people in the herd who don't have 100% immunity to get mm-hmm. sick. It's like polio. Right. The herd immunity on polio became extremely successful early on, even before everyone was vaccinated. But now that everyone's vaccinated, you ever heard of a polio case? No, not really. Not here. No. Smallpox? No. Not lately? No. Yeah. So having people get exempted from getting the measles vaccine is going to cause those people who've gotten the vaccine who are not 100% immune to get it. Whereas they wouldn't have got ah. it because the whole herd doesn't get it. Okay. You get it? Yeah, I get it. So I think that I want people to practice their religion. And I think it's important. But your religion should not endanger my child. And I think that's how I see it. If you don't see it that way, I'm more than willing to listen. Call in. 919-860-9783. Should we talk about Mr. Epstein again? Should we talk about Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I don't think he hung himself. Oh, I thought you said cephalepsy. You mean Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. Come no. on, pronounce correctly, Do I please. even know what cephalepsy is? Uh, that's what I thought you said, but okay. that's my hearing impairment. Listen, it's you can't make fun of it. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> You're making fun of me. All right. Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. So they finally revealed. Yeah. His eyeballs were bugged out of his head and full of bleeders. And that means? He didn't hang himself. He didn't hang You got choked. Think about it. You know, if you put <sighs> your neck down onto a piece of cloth uh-huh. and suffocate, yeah, it's not the same. It's not going to cause your eyes to bug out and bleed. It doesn't. You had to be choked. And all that pressure around your neck on all sides. He didn't kill himself. Ray in Nashville, thank you very much for the phone call. You are on Heart Health Radio. How you all doing? We're doing good. good. What's up? Um, I had an opposite question to ask. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of stymie people in my family, and I, I don't have the answer, no, either, but and uh, I'm a, about 40% of Native American, and my mother was uh, English white. And I'm, I'm a, for some reason, I don't get sick. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm 57 on the 23rd. Now, when I say don't get sick, like to everybody in the family was sickness out. 10 days, week, some two weeks. And I mean, it's horrible. And a couple of them end up getting the flu. And uh, you didn't get sick. Uh, no, I, I didn't get the matter of fact. The worst I got was three years ago. And I, I still not get sick enough to miss work, but I got sick, sick enough to where I need to take cold medicine. For yeah. A, uh, a day. And, uh, and then I, I had a little scare of my heart and lungs. I, uh, I don't know. I couldn't breathe well doctor my wife called doctor said no you got to go to the emergency room we can't test so well so anyway i went and did all that spent two days in there and they did my lungs heart every 
everything you can think of. And they said, oh, my test came about outstanding and everything. And uh, I said, well, that's great. I'm glad to know that. And I got to see my heart and all that kind of stuff move. And uh, I, I was trying to think, and I try to do basic stuff, you know, uh, but I, I've never, I've not met anybody, you know, like me in that. And I guess now I'm getting older. Well, wait a minute now. Weird. You met me. I'm half what? white, half Chinese. Very similar. Because the Native Americans, about 17,000 years ago, migrated from China. Okay. So, you have something that's well-known scientifically, believe it or not. It's called hybrid vigor. Okay, what does that mean? Never heard of it. (laughs) So, you know the Russian, you know, kings and queens, they married their cousins. They married their uncles. Mm -hmm. You know, in Egypt, they married their brother and sister. And what happened? Sick as all get out. And it's because the genes that are not quite 100% are not improved by another set of genes that are are 100%. So what you demonstrate is that you took a a group of, of white people who had been in the same genetic pool over thousands of years, and then you went to the Native Americans and mixed them. So any gene that was bad in the Europeans was bound to be good in the Native Americans and vice versa. Now, it doesn't always work this way. But if you take corn strains that are hybrids, okay, that means that they're pure genetically. You cross them, you get a better corn. Now, you know why mutts... Pardon, I didn't hear you. So we're like puppies. Yeah, that's dogs. exactly right. Okay, so like what's what a twenty percent longer, thirty percent longer than pure? Because I got a pure, purebred German Shepherd and having uh, problems, and right. much that lived to be thirty percent. That is like. exactly right, Zachary. Right, that's how <laughs> my mother would pronounce it, Zachary. Okay, I always said, "Who's Zachary?" No, Zachary, <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that because I'm. Half Chinese. You okay? can, okay. I am not making fun of Asian Americans. I'm just explaining what my mother would say. You're just making fun of mom. Yeah, so you could call it, you could call yourself a mutt, although you're a hybrid. Okay, and what does that mean? So it would be like taking a Irish setter and crossing it with a Newfoundland. Okay, should Ray get a, a flu shot every year? Yes, Ray, <laughs> Ray, get Ray you're not, okay, it's like, it's like, yeah, maybe tomatoes will help against heart disease. But you shouldn't stop taking your uh, statin because you're eating tomato. So, oh, and another thing, and, and right, right. Even if it's not for you, it's for the community because <laughs> you, no, that's why. Okay, yeah. Ray might be subclinical with the flu virus. In other words, he's so strong, hybrid vigor that he's got the flu virus, and it's subclinical. He doesn't get sick from it. But if you've had your immune shot, your flu shot then, Ray, you might not get the virus at all, and then you won't go kissing some girl on the street and give her the flu. So do it for us, Ray. Even if you don't get sick from it, do it for us. Ray, thank you very much. I appreciate you calling in. That is one of the most it. interesting calls we've had. He's, he's, he's glad to call himself a mutt. Yeah. He is. Well, and, and he's right that non-purebred dogs sometimes are just better dogs. Well, I mean, you know, blue bloods. Yeah. You know why they're called blue bloods? No. Because their blood isn't red anymore. It's blue from all this from all the mixed up genes. Interbreeding. All right. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number on Heart Health Radio. 
This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Franklin Weefald, and who are we shouting out today? Well, I've, since we don't have we have limited time, Charles Norris. He listens to the show. Yeah, Charles just got some bad news. Um, he has a cancer. It doesn't. He's been fighting it. This twice it's come back. Doesn't look like it's going to respond. He's going into hospice care. He came to see me initially for his heart trouble. He's had some coronary artery disease problems. Those are fixed. He's done very well. He's got a lovely wife who's also my patient. I want you to know, Charles, I'm thinking of you. We love you. People out there, if you know him or don't know him, say a prayer. Yeah. He needs He needs to know that we all love him and we all wish the best and we all hope for the best. Mm-hmm. But we always prepare for the worst. Yeah. All right. The uh, nobody else on the on the list. We're okay today. We're okay. Uh, we'll just add. We'll just add Denny Owens uh, in shape medical, and uh, you can go to our website hearthealthradio.com to check out our podcast. And the first segment has got Denny, and uh, thanks Denny for for coming on the show. There's an article about physician burnout and another one just on burnout. Now, I'm dubious because, you know, people have been waiting for me to burn out. You've never been burned out? No. Okay. What do you mean by burned out? Please. Stressed out. Your job is just dragging you down. You don't get the lift you need from home. You just feel like you're tired. You don't oh, want to yeah. do anything. Oh, yeah, I got that's that. That's burnout. Oh, that's burnout? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's that. not like your hair caught on fire like Michael Jackson, and that's burnout. But burnout. burnout is a bad thing. Okay. And this is why social interaction is so important. But what's the key thing to burnout? When you're burned out, your body is trying to fight you, and it's called adrenaline because of the emotional stress and the physical. You're not sleeping. Yeah. It can lead to AFib, which is what we've talked about a bunch on the show, atrial fibrillation, where the top part of your heart goes into this continuous muscle spasm. The danger is the blood doesn't flow smoothly up there on the top of your heart. Little clots form, they break off and go to your brain. Mm -hmm. So it can cause heart attacks because the arteries will spasm, those clots will form, and you'll kill part of your heart tissue. So if you're experiencing burnout, yeah. It's a serious medical problem. Go to your primary care physician. Mm-hmm. Tell them what's going on or tell her what's going on. Get them to either help you themselves or go get it t- taken care of. Now, here's the big problem is that physician burnout is a big, big deal. Right. Since 2010, when Obama mandated all of the increased paperwork, to it became about how to get paid by documenting you did all these things because they're going to try and take your money back to pay for Obamacare. Yeah. That's what Obama said. All these doctors are committing fraud. They're really not doing these things. We're going to get the, the police involved, and by that I mean these companies. That was the accusation. That's, yeah. Right. Okay. And so what happened is now i got to write a 10-page note for $65 visit. And if they come to you, which they did once, they raided my office because I'm a high-volume guy. They took 50 charts. They interviewed patients. They you know, took pictures of my office. I passed only because I knew yeah. that I had to spend all this time. Now, 
That's why your doctor is only spending five minutes with you and running out to finish the note in case Medicare raids them and wants to take their money back. So that causes burnout. And it's because we want to spend time with our patients. We want to be doctors and and physician assistants and nurses, but we can't do that anymore. We have to justify getting that $65 visit or we're in trouble with Medicare. So doctors want to quit. Yeah. 46% of physicians in this study are suffering serious burnout. And I think that it, it's, a, it's a public health problem mm-hmm. because if your physician's burned out, is he or she going to have that extra edge to figure out something that's wrong with you? And so not only will burnout cause AFib and atrial fibrillation and heart attacks, mm-hmm. but in physicians, if your physician's burned out, they might not have the wherewithal to help you in the way that they should because Obamacare mandates that they run out of the office or run out of your room after five minutes and spend 10 minutes creating this note that will pass muster with the companies that are hired to take money back. Now, you're telling me, and you've told me this off the air, I don't know whether you discussed it perfectly on the air, but... Suppose I'm a doctor and I write this note, right? There is an organization that can come in and they check my note. Now, I'm a good doctor. Right. I wrote, wrote a nice note. And if they disagree with you and say right. you didn't, you, you, you documented three things yeah. instead of four things, because the one thing we, you, you thought you documented, we don't, we don't count that. Okay. So they take 100 of your charts. Yeah. And they say 20 of them didn't pass our muster. They're going to take 20% of your money back from the whole year. Now, they're not a government organization. They are hired by the government. Hired by the government. But they're getting paid in what way? They're bounty hunters. So they get a percentage of what they take back. Now, you can appeal this. Sure, I'm, I'm sure. And you know the people who actually make the judgments are not doctors and they're not nurses. Yeah, great. They are high school graduates. And they're told they've given it'll be given about ten minutes of training. Yeah, and they say count these up, and if they make a mistake, you've got to hire a lawyer. Yeah, sure. And appeal to Medicare, and the lawyer is going to cost you about as much as they took back. But the individuals or the organizations coming into your medical practice to check these notes, they get paid when they find more deficient. Things. And guess what they're going to find? Deficient, Deficient things. Deficient things. Yeah. Now, when they raided me, yeah. they got zero money back. Good for them. They spent nine months yeah. Good looking. Good for you. Guess what that means? I probably won't get raided again. Good. They wasted their time. Yeah. One more thing I want to talk about. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. There is a cardiologist who is well-known, Elizabeth Clotus, and she had an article, came out in Facebook, came out in all these things, saying, I don't think that you should use the ketogenic diet because all that fat is going to make your cholesterol go up. Okay. Guess what? All the studies of people who are adhering to the ketogenic diet, what do you think happens to their cholesterol? Does it go down? It's, it just plummets. <laughs> and, you know, oh, my God, all that fat, that's going to make your triglycerides go up. Now, again, I'm not sexist. I'm not saying that this is how she talks, but what I'm, I'm trying to tell people is don't believe something like this 
unless they quote a really good study from a really good journal. Mm-hmm. Because this woman's giving her opinion, and because she comes from Stanford or some great institution, mm-hmm. she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. The ketogenic diet is one of the best cholesterol-lowering diets that you can find. Because the enemy is not fat. Okay. The enemy is sugar, white flour, white potatoes, and white rice. And the keto diet involves eating Meat. And fat. And fat, fat inside the meat. Yes. And it's still And just okay. fat by itself. Just fat by itself. And your cholesterol goes down. I'm going to order up a bunch of fat for lunch today. We're having large sandwiches. All right. Very good. Sounds good. Oh, wait, wait. That's bad. It's got the bread. No, we're having lard. Just lard. Just, just lard. lard. We'll have gravy on top. That's heart health for this time. Don't follow that advice. Please don't. Gravy has flour in it. We gravy. will not have gravy. We will not have gravy. The Heart Health Radio Network. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.